0: ESPN ninety four point one FM at eight nine thirty. The Drive, brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now, never FDIC. <laughs> it
1: is Monday, September twenty first. The drive begins now on ESPN, 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program by calling the Miller Lite phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. Miller Lite, hold true, great taste, only 96 calories. It is the original light beer. We got a lot to get into today. Feels good, doesn't it? You wake up on a Monday. You wake up on a Sunday. You wake up. Knowing that your Marshall Thundering Herd is in the top 25, of course, Sunday we get the thrill of finding out that the Thundering Herd's in the top 25 after Marshall knocking off then ranked Appalachian State 17 to 7. They come into Huntington, CBS, nationally televised game. They're ranked 23rd. Longtime Herd fans remember the excitement of Marshall and Appalachian State back in the Southern Conference days. And of course, Brendan Knox just goes off. Grant Wells had a good game, too, but Brendan Knox just goes off. 138 yards. He also had a touchdown. If you missed it, here's what it sounded like, courtesy of Learfield IMG, Steve Cotton on the call. Here's Knox's two-yard run to put the herd up early, 7-0.
0: Marshall slows it down a little bit and goes to the full house backfield. Morrell left of Wells, and Devin Miller right, and a standing pistol tailback knocks. The snap, the give the knock straight ahead. At the 2 and at the 1, and fighting for the goal line, he gets it. Touchdown, Brendan Knox. Touchdown,
1: Hurt. So the Thundering Hurd goes up 7-0, and Appalachian State comes back and scores. It's 7-7. Okay, here we go. We're going to have a shootout. We're going to have a battle here. And then it gets all defensive. Appalachian State scored a lot of points on Charlotte. Marshall scored a lot of points on EKU. This was completely different. This had two really strong defenses going back and forth. And Marshall would later get a field goal, make it 10-7. And then you're thinking this is going to go down to the wire. It finally breaks open. Grant Wells, you're looking for a big play. He finds Xavier Gaines. It goes 62 yards, sets up the herd quite nicely.
0: Miller and Gaines to the right. Grant Wells in the shotgun, takes the snap, backs up. Knox picks up the blitz, throw deep over the middle for Gaines. Caught in midfield. Xavier Gaines, the 40, the 30, inside the 20, cuts left, breaks the tackle over the 15, and down at the 11-yard line.
1: So... The Herds set up, ready to go. And you're thinking, okay, is it going to be Brendan Knox? Is it going to be another pass play? No. The quarterback himself, he decides, I'm going to take it. I'm wide open. There were some injuries. Doc talked about this. There were some injuries. And Marshall knew exactly which side of the football field to go. Well, scampers in. Nobody even near him. 12-yard touchdown run puts their herd up 17-7. Here's what it sounded like from Steve Cotton.
0: Grant Wells in the gun, takes the snap, takes the handoff. He takes off left, and he is all by his lonesome. Nobody within 10 yards, and Wells waltzes in for the touchdown. Marshall 16, Appalachian State 7. Grant Wells 12 yards.
1: Wells puts the herd up 17-7. Appalachian State, though, making it interesting. Again, these are two really good teams going back and forth. I thought evenly matched to a degree. I thought Marshall was the better team. Appalachian State had opportunities. This game could have been tied, missed field goal, and then there's this opportunity here. All day long, Zach Thomas, I thought, even though he probably had the better stat line, Wells in certain spots was the better quarterback, but... Zach Thomas, a really good quarterback, her defense really getting after him, but he gets one, and you're thinking, "Uh uh-oh, it's going for a touchdown. He breaks one out. However, Nazi Johnson's there, and Nazi recovers a fumble, but you can thank Mr. Drayton for setting it up. Steve Cotton with, I really didn't know how to describe this at, at the time. It, it just happened so fast. I had to watch the replay. But here's what Steve had to say when this play was happening, where you thought, oh, no, Appalachian State's going to score here. Here we go. And the herd defense comes up big.
0: Harrington, the tailback. Thomas will go from under center. Marshall jams extra guys up on the line of scrimmage. He takes it. He fakes the handoff. He throws over the middle for the tight end. Caught at the 30-yard line by Evans, and he's going to go left. He's near the goal line, but he fumbles it. And Nazi Johnson runs the ball down in the end zone and recovers for the thundering herd. Brandon Drake knocked the ball away from Mike Evans, and what looked for a moment like it might be a Mountaineer touchdown or at least first and goal, it turns into a turnover.
1: So I think that saves the game right there because it denies the Mountaineers the touchdown. And it gives Marshall all the momentum it needs to finish out this game. The defense clamps down, wins the game. Marshall, first ranked victory. And this is FBS. This is in one A. This is FBS. First ranked victory in FBS since 1976. This is in Huntington. This is in Huntington. And that game was played at Fairfield Stadium. That stadium's not even around. Jones C. Edwards Stadium, many a game played with ranked opponents. This is the first time in Huntington and Jones C. Edwards Stadium since the stadium opened up. And remember, for longtime herd fans, you've been there since 1991. You've been through many a game, and you saw some great victories over ranked opponents in the 1AA days. And now Marshall gets that monkey off its back, and wins over a ranked opponent. And then you wake up on Sunday, you find out the Herd is 25th in the country. Associated Press comes out with the rankings, Herd's 25th. First time since 2014 that the Herd's been ranked in the top 25. And if you remember, it's not been that long, but still, it feels that way. Marshall reached 18th. That's the highest Marshall reached. Ended up 23rd in the final rankings. So the Herd's somewhere that it hasn't been in a while, and it wants to be. And for longtime Herd fans, this is where you expect Marshall to be, always contending for the top 25, always contending for the conference championship. And it felt like, at least on Saturday, it felt like this was the Marshall team that you expect to see on game day, that this is the Marshall team that goes out always maybe two or three touchdowns better than the conference opponents. And most teams that come into Jones C. Edwards Stadium, always competitive and, for the most part, always able to pull it out. Marshall should be running Conference USA. That's the standard that has been set. And it felt like, okay, this herd team might be living up to that standard. And so Marshall's ranked. 40 points in the coaches poll, top 25 in the Associated Press poll, and all of a sudden, the Herd can talk about being a top 25 team. Sam Burton, when he found out Marshall made the top 25, of course, he was pretty excited. No,
0: I was pretty excited. I I first found out um, we were actually in the weight room in the middle of the lift, and uh, Heath told us. But um, I was pretty excited. It's something that... I've always wanted to be a part of like when I was growing up, just watching college football, watching the best teams in the nation just go at it. It was just something I've always wanted to be a part of.
1: Yeah. Who wouldn't be? You want to play college football. You want to be one of the best teams in the country. You want to win bowls. You want to win championships. You want to do all of that. And Marshall reached that plateau a few years ago. Marshall consistently was a contender in the mid-american conference and all of a sudden you're feeling pretty good about it same thing with alex millette here's what millette had to say about finding out that the herd was in the top 25
0: uh it's real exciting i uh obviously that's something that all the guys on our team have dreamed about our whole lives and um, we were on some teams that could have done it but didn't do it and um it was good to be able to go out there against a the top 25 team and put a full game together. And uh, it's, I'd say, um, yeah, it's probably the most exciting moment of my career so far.
1: Well, That's huge. You play in bowl games, you play in big games, and this whole weekend, probably the most excitement he's had in his career. That says something. And now I hope that something along the way will top it. Maybe you're rising the polls, maybe – You get a shot at playing in a pretty good bowl game. I'm not going to go out on a limb here, but things work out. Marshall could be in that conversation once the championship committee gets together. Talking about an access bowl bid, Marshall could be in contention. I mean, there's still some good teams out in the group of five, but Marshall could be in contention. And think about it. I mean, Marshall could be playing one of those New Year's Six Bowls. That's where Marshall fans want to be. Marshall fans want to be like UCF. Marshall fans want to have that consistency of making that run, making that push. Appalachian State fans are pushing for that as well, and they've been a solid program as well in the Sun Belt. The American seems to have the stranglehold for the most part on this, but Marshall, Conference USA? Conference USA needs to step it up, get a little bit more recognition nationally by beating teams when you have an opportunity. Marshall, of course, doing its part right now. So the Thundering Herd, top 25. Sheldon Evans as well. Of course, Sheldon, one of those leaders on that team, and he was pretty excited. I mean, I guess that's the attitude. Pretty excited to be in the top 25. Here's Sheldon Evans. Uh, I mean, it it felt real good just knowing all the, you know, the work that we put in and, you know, and I I knew we deserve it because, like I just
0: said, just all the work we have put in. But we just can't, you know, let that get to our head because, you know, we still have, you know, more games left and have to finish, you know, the mission that we want to finish. So, you know, that was a great win. No, but we got to move on because, you know, we got a next opponent in front of us.
1: Don't know what that opponent will be, when that game will be. You've got Western Kentucky, but Mike Hammer could be working his magic right now, could be looking for a game in between now. I mean, maybe the conference is going to be able to pull something off and you have a conference opponent here in the next couple weeks because you're going to go several weeks without an opponent. So there could be a game coming up or you're waiting, getting ready for Western Kentucky. If I uh, was putting my chips on the table here, I would say Marshall's going to try to find something to fill that gap. You don't want to go too long because you've had a game, an off week. A game, now an off week, and then another off week because of Rice's situation. Then you have Western Kentucky, and even that's not guaranteed. So that's where you're at right now. I think Mike Hamrick's probably back in the athletic department uh, office right now over the shoey. He's probably trying to figure out, okay, can I get a game? Can I get a home game? Maybe I can get a home game. Maybe I can get a road game. I bet Marshall's looking for a game. Don't be surprised if something comes out. Maybe not this week, but next week maybe there's going to be a game— On tap for the Thundering Herd. So Marshall gets the victory, and you look at superlatives. One guy that stood out, Marshall senior linebacker, Devontae Beckett. What did he do? He had a tremendous game 16 tackles. Several of them were solo, forced a fumble, and he earns Conference USA Defensive Player of the Week. It was eight solos. He had eight solos in that game, 16 total, one forced fumble. So he had a career day. The 16, by the way, if you go back in the record book, the 16 are the most by a Marshall player. Since Chase Hancock did it in 2017 against Southern Miss, he had 18 tackles. So there's still some room to grow on here. You want to you want to top that number, have another monster game, and I was excited for Devontae Beckett to have that game. I mean, let's talk about what Appalachian State brought into Huntington. I mean, this was a team that averaged 231 rushing yards per game. That was impressive last season. This is this season, but still, they had a lot of those weapons back. They had a lot of those run-stoppers. They had a lot of that personnel back. And they averaged 308 yards a game. And they were great, both offensively and defensively. They had personnel back. They had run-stoppers. They had people who could run. I mean, we talked about that vaunted... Running game of theirs, and Marshall just comes in, and well, you didn't see much offense from the running attack. You look at the box score here, and Peoples had fifty-seven, Harrington had thirty, Zach Thomas had nine. I mean, there you go. That's your that's the majority of your of your running attack here. He had nine. I mean, to um, to be fair. He gained 25, but he lost 16, so he gets to keep nine. But Peoples' average is 4.8. Harrington comes up with 2.5. Contrast, Knox has 138. Sheldon Evans has 33. And Grant Wells has 43. There you go, Grant Wells. Of course, 12 of them led to a touchdown. So I was expecting fireworks. I really was. And you got Devontae Beckett come up and say, no, no. And so I didn't see. And I thought Marshall moved the ball well. Marshall had 379 yards. Appalachian State had 364. Some of that came in garbage time, though. I mean, just to be fair. And Marshall was able to shut that down completely. Just shutting that down. It was, it was a beautiful performance by. Not only Devontae Beckett, but Marshall. They just flew to the ball. They were everywhere. Again, you have um, a guy who was out there helping shut down what we thought was going to be a pretty powerful running attack. And, yeah, we we knew that the Appalachian State defense was going to be good, and, and it was. And we knew that... Appalachian State could score, but they didn't, and Marshall was able to capitalize and take over. Again, turnovers. That was a problem for Appalachian State in that last game. Turnovers. Charlotte wasn't able to really capitalize. Marshall, when it got a turnover, it made, really, it made the game. Didn't lead to a score, but it kept Appalachian State from gaining momentum. What else did we do this weekend? Well, Saturday night after the game, and here's the fun thing, and we'll talk about it more when we come back, but Saturday night, I'm scrambling to get back here, and my phone starts to blow up. What You, you guys know I'm, I've got a pregame to go and do, and I check my phone. It's like, Swan, check your Twitter. Uh-oh, what, what, what is on Twitter that I need to go see? We'll talk about that when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 at AM 930.
0: Never miss a moment of The Drive with Paul Swan. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: We're presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Welcome back to the Monday, September 21st edition, The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Thanks for tuning in. So, Saturday. I'm about ready to leave. It's maybe about three, four minutes ago, and I'm thinking I've got to get back here to the station. I do the pregame here at the station, then I head over to the stadium, and then I usually leave a little early. Uh, it hasn't been a problem so far this year because traffic's a little limited. You know, you've got, what, 30 40% capacity here. I'm not fighting to get back to the station. Traffic hasn't been insane. So... I'm still leaving it's a little early. Got to get back here, get ready for the post game. And first of all I had a couple people at the stadium say sit down, where are you going? Even one young lady from uh, the the Parthenon. She's looking at me like, "Paul, sit down. You're not going anywhere. You got to stay for this this is history. You need to stay for this." And so all right, I'm I'm going to stay. And I watch it, and it's amazing. Marshall gets the victory. And then I'm, I'm in fast flight mode. So if I blow past you after the game, I'm in a hurry. It's not personal. I'm just flying. I'm trying to get past everybody. I'm, I'm trying not to break the laws while I'm at it and get to the car. And I'm not checking the phone or anything. I'm, I'm flying back here to get to the station so we can line up interviews and do the post game. And then my phone starts going crazy. Now, okay, what is going on here? I get a text and it's like, check your Twitter. Okay, well, what's on Twitter that I need to check? Um, and it was from my good friend Ryan Eppling over at WSAZ. He's like, check your Twitter. The Canadian branch of Herd Nation, Herd International, he was he was he was questioning it, wants to call in. So I'm like, what? What What are you talking about? Because I had not heard this story yet. So the Canadian branch of the herd Nation wanted to check in. There is a radio station in Hamilton. They're dying for football. They're absolutely starved for football because Canada doesn't have football right now. And so I'm seeing this. All right, let me check Twitter. And all of a sudden, I discover people adding me on Twitter. Paul, can you make this happen? Like, what is going on here? And so I find out that, one, Marshall football is apparently big in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, for one. I did not know this. This is a new thing to me. And the other thing is they wanted in on the postgame show. But wait a minute here. And the morning show on the radio station in Canada, TSN 1150, they got the crazy idea that they were just going to run with this. They're going to adopt a team, and they found Marshall. It's Marsh and Mello. They changed their Twitter account. They're now Canada's home for and They've even changed it again since. They're Canada's home for number 25, Thundering Herd, and... They tweet out from the account, "Hey, y'all got a post game show with callers?" As like, "Hey, Paul, get on this, make this happen." So I reply back, "Uh, yeah, of course we do. We have a we have a call in show for you," and so we get hooked up on Twitter. And so post game happens. I'm like, okay, I don't know what's going to happen. Let's bring this guy on. Let's see what this is about. And. He, here it is from the postgame. It's not the entire call, but we go a good ways. And it's really interesting. This is Marshall Ferguson from TSN 1115 in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. It's probably one of the best calls I've had in a long time. And I welcome him on the program. I, I don't know what any of this is going to sound like. And here we go. Here's Marshall joining the program on our post-game show.
2: I'm great, Paul. It's great to catch up with you, man. How about that? How about that game? Hey, that wasn't half bad. Uh, we we dearly, dearly needed a team to give us some positive mojo in Hamilton and in Canada. We don't have junior football. We don't have anything like your Juco football. We don't even have our version of the NCAA, which is called U-Sports for university sports football in Canada. We don't have our pro football like the NFL. Our CFL has been shut down for the year, the first time the Grey Cup will not be awarded in over 100 years. And so we're sitting around at our show the other day, and we're like, what are we going to do? And we're like, you know what? Play on words, whatever. Let's have some fun. Let's cheer for the herd. Then we watched the blowout against Eastern Kentucky, and I'm like, "Mellow, this team's amazing. I'm like, we need to buy in on this. We need to like go as hard as we possibly can. And today, we got rewarded because that was so, so much fun.
1: Okay, so you're bought in. Your co-host is bought in. Has this caught on in Hamilton? Is this really a thing?
2: Yeah, it is. Honestly, there's a lot of people in Hamilton, honestly, were distracted today because our version of, uh, you know, basically what you would call like the MLS across the United States. Hamilton won that championship today. Uh, they were doing a bubble similar to the NHL and the NBA, but they were out in Charlottetown PEI. They called it the Island Games in the Canadian Premier League, which is only in its second year of existence. And Hamilton, uh, their team for Jeff has won the championship both of the first two years. So... Some of the Hamilton fans, I'm sure, were very distracted today because they had an opportunity to be able to watch their soccer team take the pitch and get a big victory. Uh, but we've had some people – I it was funny, I asked the question on Twitter, so do you all got a post-game show I can call into and have some fun and talk about what I saw from my eyes? Because I do know football. I did play football at the university level, and I do love being able to analyze football for the Canadian Football League, write uh, for their website and all that good stuff now. And I had somebody who's a consistent listener of our show who said – save it for Monday. Like, they really wanted us to do the post-game breakdown of the Marshall game against Appalachian State on our airways, And I'm like, you know what? Let's do it for everybody. Let's uh, let's break it around here and have some fun.
1: You know what? You might be doing it every week now. Um, I mean, I'm in. You're I'm, in.
2: Honestly, I would, it was frustrating for me, though, when I looked at the schedule and I saw that we don't get to slap around Western Kentucky until we get to October 10th. That's, uh, that one hurts a little bit, considering that we're here. But I will say this. My fiance who is nice enough at about 39 weeks pregnant as of yesterday to be able to allow me to watch a Marshall game throughout the entire afternoon and then call into the post game show. Uh, She's probably glad that there's not a game for a couple of weeks because we are due in about five, six days here. So we're having a son uh, and he's going to be swaddled in a beautiful green thundering herd sweater very quickly.
1: Okay, I, I need to ask now, will there be a name? I mean, have you picked one? Grant?
2: We I mean, have. Yeah. yeah, we decided actually to go with Noah. Uh, it was the big one that we wanted. I mean, if I was picking a name right now, it would just be Grant.
1: I mean, that would okay. be the easiest thing to possibly do. But. I mean, there's Brendan. That's available. Sheldon. There's yeah. Xavier. There's Brock. I mean, you, you could go a uh, yeah, few Knox, ways.
2: Knox is good as well. I I mean, this is. it's such a fun team because, you know, I, I didn't realize, in all honesty, I love covering the Canadian Football League, and I do play-by-play for the CFL's Hamilton Tiger Cats on radio, and I love being able to break down things and analyze things week in, week out. And it's to the point where I've been tracking every throw and every play in kind of my own little analytics database that we don't really have that much of in Canada, kind of like pro football focus, but it's nobody does it up here. And so I just decided three years ago that I was going to dive in and start doing it. So I've been analyzing quarterback play in the CFL for a little while now, and I it didn't hit me that I missed being able to watch these games with a really close eye until we ended up getting right up to Labor Day, I would say, and then all of a sudden, the CFL at that point usually is in Week 11, Week 12, and it just didn't exist, and we started looking around for something, and watching Grant Wells do what he does, uh, specifically in the first game, obviously, when he was a little bit better, but even today in the second half, third quarter, finding different ways as a quarterback, as a redshirt freshman in your second start ever to just figure it out and to evolve in the middle of the game and to use the ground game and to use the zone read and all that kind of stuff. I just, it was such a mature performance for me from a guy that you wouldn't expect that type of maturity from based on his lack of experience, but he was the better quarterback on the field today. And I think it showed through even when he was, you know, you get five completions or whatever it was in the first half and he played so much better. I thought than Zach Taylor did in that spot because Taylor got forced to, 38 attempts on the day, some of them coming in garbage time, obviously, when you're chasing late down 17-7. But overall, you look at what they were able to accomplish in that offense, they just rolled with the punches, man. And that's what a championship team does.
1: Yeah, you look at their garbage time. Uh, that last drive um, was not pretty. Uh, it was not pretty. Marshall's defense really showed up and Appalachian State was able to move the ball. But as you mentioned, it was garbage time and that Marshall defense still wouldn't let up. I think after app was able to drive the field down get that first touchdown and you think okay this is going to be a shootout no it turned out to be a defensive battle and I really think Marshall's defense uh, started to get a chip on their shoulder after that it wasn't a quick score but it was methodical I'd be mad after that drive too
2: yeah absolutely and the thing that honestly I think is is such a good sign like if you look at the process over the results of this right I think you look at what they were able to accomplish when things weren't going the way they wanted, when it didn't turn into a shootout. Because I'm sure whether it's the OC, the head coach, otherwise with Doc there, he's probably saying all week, listen, this game's going to be in the 30s. It might be in the 40s. We've seen what they've got in their first game of the year. We know what we've got after we blew out Eastern Kentucky. So just be ready for a boat race. And I thought the defense, they figured it out as well, whether it came down to Taylor being able to sling it around. I thought that Steven Gilmore, the way that he bounced back after those two pass interference calls and being able to get the interception was big, but even bigger was the breakup that came later on in the game, the tackling and rallying to the football. I saw David Pollock tweeting out today during the game that he loves how Marshall's defense gets to the football. But that defense to me, like they did what they needed to, and they weren't spectacular, but they absolutely got after it. To me, the thing that I love so much that I think everybody that's a Herd fan should be excited about is that when you end up having a team that struggles offensively in the first half through the year because you were leaning on the ground game and you're trying to hit some play action throws. And let's be honest, like Grant missed that corner throw into the end zone by leaving it inside that probably should have been picked off. I thought early in the game you ended up having pressure to his throwing arm side, which is a great thing as a defensive coordinator to do a, to a quarterback in his second start ever, right? You, you pressure his throwing arm side, you make him roll to his left, and when a quarterback's throwing across his body when he's in his second start ever, he's going to make some bad decisions. So That's basically what happened to Grant, and then all of a sudden, they decided, okay, let's run zone read directly into this. Okay, let's run zone read away from the pressure to the throwing arm side. Now, let's be able to get the ball on the outside to our playmakers like Willie Johnson and Brock Thompson. I know Thompson was a little bit slower today getting going, but for me, there's just there's enough playmakers there where you end up having good outside receiver play. You get your tight end down the chute for a big 67-yard completion. You got an inside zone game with five senior offensive linemen that can beat people up between the tackles when you need to in crunch time. Like all of that together against a ranked opponent this early in the season, knowing that you got a couple of weeks to be able to prepare and move forward. I don't know how people that are in Huntington and that are hurt fans from anywhere that are listening to this wouldn't be excited because if your quarterback struggles, you got the ground game in the big offensive line. If your quarterback's on, you got a guy who can throw ropes all over the place. He probably needs to, add a little bit more of that touch in certain spots and drop the ball in the bucket and all that kind of stuff. But that comes with time and with learning, and I think that that will obviously evolve throughout his kind of college career at Marshall, hopefully. But I just I think that there's so many different ways they can beat you that they've already shown through two weeks against obviously Eastern Kentucky, not a great opponent. But then you look at what happened this game, and it really shows that they can evolve in game. And that is absolutely the marquee of a team that's ready to move forward and keep challenging other teams.
1: Yeah, and all of that happened... Because Marshall's defense allowed that to happen, let him have some time. And you look at Devontae Beckett, 16 total tackles, eight solo. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Stephen Gilmore. I, I think he just got fed up and decided, I'm going to take this ball. Uh, he had two breakups. Of course, that one interception there, that that makes up for everything. The, the flags on the field, the officiating was horrible. They're Big 12 yeah. officials. They're horrible. <laughs> and I can say it. No one else can. I can.
2: So I, I thought that some of the flags over the middle were a little bit questionable down the passing game in the middle of the field as well. I didn't really understand some of them. But the one player I do want to kind of circle on defense that I love today, Paul, I thought was absolutely awesome was Darius Hodge. And the reason that I kind of circle him on the D-line is because, like, there's certain guys that I watch just because I kind of watch everything with a Canadian Football League eye, and I say, oh, that that dude looks like he could be a monster in the CFL because the CFL is not – going to be the dudes from Bama who are, you know, defensive ends that look like Jadavian Clowney in South Carolina, or, uh, you know, a linebacker that's 6'3", 240, and can run a 4'3". Like, the CFL guys end up coming north, the ones that I watch all the time that I call games of, because they have the ability to be able to make up for what they're compensating for. So whether that is they're shorter at linebacker, or they don't have the same speed as other guys, or... Uh, they make a great job of being able to catch balls out of the backfield, but they're not really a dominant runner in between the tackles. And there's just, just they always have something that's a hole in their game that they have to make up for. And yet they still find a way. And I look at Darius Hodge today, and he looks so much to me like Alex Bazzi, of course, who was a Marshall alum that now plays in the CFL. And it's been pretty dominant in his time, honestly, when he's been in the CFL with. bc lions and with the toronto argonauts and i just i look at that and i'm like that's a dude that i could absolutely playing pro and if it doesn't happen in the nfl for whatever reason because it's so tough to crack those rosters he would be such a great fit in the canadian football league because he can get after it and i love the energy that he played with too i'm sure you as somebody who watches this team with a close eye you see that too like whether it's a screen pass to the wide side he turns puts his head down and just runs and as a defensive lineman, that's got to be, I'm guessing his height weight here, but he's got to be somewhere up around, you know, 250 pounds, something like that, because he's a pretty thick guy. You get out and chase like that. Again, you get Gilmore going in the secondary. You get good linebacker play and you get that running around the field like a maniac. That's all three levels for you right there. And that, that's why I think it's going to be fun to watch him moving forward.
1: Hodge officially listed at 245, officially. Okay, yeah. And you look at his game today three tackles. One solo, but the key stat here is one and a half sacks. Also accounting for one and a half tackles for loss. Uh, he had one quarterback hurry. You know he was in there, and the team had a uh, had three sacks total. Team had three sacks total uh, on the stat chart, and he's the big reason why.
2: Yeah, they're they're so nice to see some variety in the defense too. And the thing that I I honestly that defense like coming into it. And I had listened to a couple of podcasts covering the herd and whatnot leading up to today. Got up for the nice two hour dog walk this morning early here in Canada, be able to enjoy wandering around and listening to some background on the team that I'm kind of learning about as I go and being able to do that. All everybody was talking about was, man, that Appalachian state ground game, man, it's nasty. It's nasty. Well, almost at halftime, they had like 35 odd yards. I think it was on the ground at that point. So we talk about the sacks and we talk about the pass knockdowns and the interception by Gilmore and being able to, Punched the ball out by Drayton at the end of the game there. That was such an important play to be able to turn it around. But even after all of that, I'm looking back at it and I'm like, that all starts up front. And, and again, I go back to if the offensive line is full of fifth years who can move bodies up front, and play a little bit nasty, and you got a great running back in Brendan Knox. If you've got yourself a defensive line that can get after the quarterback, but it can also play sound against the run and balance that, then I think you're looking at a team that can push moving forward. And Again, you had a week off to be able to prepare for Appalachian State, and it's obvious that they found some answers. And even if you do go through a struggle with, at times, Grant Wells not playing at his best like he did in the first half, you showed today against a ranked opponent, a pretty good team, even though it's early in the year, that maybe they didn't deserve to necessarily be ranked based on the situation that COVID's given all of us. But they were ranked, and you can only beat the people that you're lined up against. And depending on what the ranking is, you get credit for it. So. My my fingers are crossed that they end up being ranked, that we can pump this thing up over the next couple of weeks here in Hamilton and get a lot of people to dive on on board and make sure that they're excited about being able to watch uh, that game against WKU. Cause I think this is a team that if they get through that game against Western Kentucky, they can run their way through Eastern Carolina would have been a great test still remains to be seen what happens with Rice. But if you end up having the schedule that they do, that's been reshaped, reworked, depending on what happens moving forward. If more teams have to postpone, I think they can still run the table through and listen, man, it's a wacky year. I heard a lot of talk today on the CBS broadcast, by the way, Aaron Aaron Murray was great. Wasn't he? Like I, I, if anybody heard Aaron Murray out there, I thought he gave some really, really good analysis. And it was nice to have a very recent college quarterback at a high level calling Grant Wells game, being able to break it down for him. But if they can be that team that comes out of the group of five, that actually legitimately looks like they've got a chance to make some noise and challenge one of the big boys, it's a weird year, man. Uh, everybody, everywhere, you end up being in spots you never thought you'd be in. And Marshall football might be one of those Cinderella stories of a very, very strange sporting year.
1: Joining us from TSN eleven fifty in Hamilton, Marshall Ferguson. Uh, I guess I'm now the official post game uh, of Canada, or at least Hamilton. I mean, can I can Absolutely. I claim that? Yeah, we're
2: good. We're going to play this, and we're going to pump you up on 1150 in Hamilton and drive people to your post-game show so they can get all of their Marshall Thundering herd tapes as soon as the game is over.
1: Okay, can we get the pregame in there, too? I mean, I, I know I'm being greedy at this point, but can, can, can I get the pregame? Absolutely. absolutely. I, mean, Paul, I got you. Don't it's worry. three hours before kickoff, so there's that, and then this show. Woo. and then, then I'm on Monday through Friday, 5 to 6 here in Huntington. I, I mean, I'm going to ride this thing if I can. And that's exactly what we're doing. We're going to ride this thing as much as we possibly can and milk it. Because when we come back from break, as promised, uh, they were on the air today. And we're going to get their take of that experience. Uh, That call went on for several more minutes. I thought that was a good place to end We're going to hear their response to the entire weekend. I thought it was hilarious today, and uh, you're going to get a sample of it when we continue on today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930.
0: You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.
1: Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank, welcome back to today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Thanks for tuning in. We're wrapping up today's edition, but uh, before we call it a day, I'll tell you this it's been fun. We've had, I think, a, a great weekend to get set for another couple of weeks of no football unless Thundering Herd can magically find an opponent. But I had a great weekend. Thundering Herd's in the top 25. I made new friends in Canada. I apparently am Canada's post game show now. Maybe I can get that pregame show thing I'm working on as well. But as you know, I'm trying to milk this thing. I'm trying to expand the brand. The brand is going international. So how was the brand of Paul Swan and, of course, this Marshall fantastic weekend received in Canada? Well, uh, I happen to tune in today to TSN 1150 in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, where they have – completely blown this marketing idea up. And uh, here's Marshall and uh, his co-hosts. They're Martian Mellow. Mello. Here's how they reacted to being on the post-game show here on Saturday night. And let me tell you, I died laughing after I heard it. Meanwhile,
2: I'm out here just waving the Marshall Thundering Herd flag for the entire team, this damn state of West Virginia and Hamilton, and they made it pay off and it was so much fun and then i went on the post game show uh and it was amazing because the post game show and shout out to our dude who got in connection with us paul swan uh who is the programming director radio host at espn 941. uh he was the one that actually contacted me when i kind of sarcastically tweeted hey you guys got callers the post game show we talked for 20 minutes and here's the thing kyle i think i got hired by ESPN 94.1 because <laughs> because Paul Swan at the end of the interview was just negotiating with me on air saying hey do you want to do something for our pregame show do you want to be a consistent caller on the post I'm like are we on air right now Paul and he's just talking to me about what do you want to do for the rest of the year and I was just like Whatever you want, man. I'm here for it. I don't have any football, and I'm trying to keep my own skills sharp for when we're calling Tiger Cats games and talking about <laughs> Mac football because I don't want to go a full year without having football games. So if you're like me and you're looking for something to dive into, that's fun. You want to listen to ESPN 94.1, you can follow along with us throughout the year because we are going to do this uh, from now until basically December, whenever we get to bowl season when Marshall is undefeated and they are still carrying the torch for this show yeah. into the college football playoff. It's the group of five, the best team in the group of five.
1: It's so funny. So, me and you were texting
2: back and forth on uh, Saturday night, and I was like, This has been the greatest marketing ploy in the history of TSN 1150, where we just reach out to small town college football uh and that like the masses come yeah i know right it's, like whether it's the marshall thundering herd whether it's the espn 94 one where the program director all of a sudden follows me on twitter i'm like what the hell's going on here and then you text me saying i'm on the post game show yeah I was like, what the hell's going on literally in my garage drinking a beer talking college football with this dude paul down there from west virginia and i'm like this is heaven, man. I love it. I love that they bought in with us. I love that we're going to have fun with them, and I hope that our Ticats fans uh, show them so support uh, some support
1: and have some fun. So there you go. That's the brand now. The brand is in Canada. We have made it to Canada, and we're just jumping on now. We're jumping on this bandwagon. I mean, I'm going to let them do all the heavy lifting here and all the heavy work, and I'm going to get some free work out of this as well. Of course I was negotiating on the air. Uh, he doesn't know my boss, the salary here. I, I don't have much money to work with here. I need all the free labor I can get. Of course I'm making that deal on the air as I, because again, because if I had to do it off the air, that means I would have probably had to call him. And, you know, at that point he was in his garage having a beer. No, I was getting it on record on the spot right there. So uh, I'm expecting uh, lots of work from him and his co host I'm expecting work out of both of them. That was fun. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Uh, that was hilarious. Uh, it was hour number three of their show today. I didn't even know this thing was a thing. I completely missed it. Apparently, I need to put Chuck McGill's Twitter account on high alert. I've got Mike Hamrick on high alert. Anytime the Herd AD tweets, I know it. I need to put Chuck McGill on Twitter high alert now. I have Jason Courier on high alert. Mike Hammer, Doc Holliday. I'm just going to have to up my Twitter game. I don't know. That's going to do it for this edition. Uh, thanks for being a part of it. I really appreciate it. Uh, we're going to be back tomorrow, better than ever, here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Uh, we'll have Doc Holliday. We'll get his thoughts. And uh, maybe, maybe we'll get an opponent dropped on us. So that would be nice, right? Maybe we can break some news tomorrow. We'll have an opponent to talk about. If not, we'll have Doc Holliday looking forward to it. We'll talk to you tomorrow.